Welcome to another episode of the Pete Potential Success Show. My name is Fong Chua. I'm an entrepreneur, business strategist, real estate investor, speaker, and host, best-selling author. And every single day, I help others unlock the potentials and guide them to, to succeed. On this show, we interview some of the biggest celebrities, uh, business entrepreneurs, speakers, uh, performers, artists, singers, and how they succeed, their story, their secrets to success. And I'm very, very excited to have this guest uh, with us today. He is somebody I got connected to online. And man, when I saw his content, I was blown away. Some of his videos are absolutely killer. And I mean killer, man. Try some of those videos and you're going to be blown away because it's really, really tough to do. And I, I commend anybody who can actually go through one of those videos and goes, I could do that. But anyways, um, very, very excited to have him here. In fact, I think he is the biggest, the strongest, and probably <laughs> the, the fittest person I've ever interviewed. Uh, he is very, very business savvy. He's also very, very fitness savvy as well. Uh, he's a person who loves helping people transform their lives, transform their bodies, impact as many people as he can with positivity and also with uplifting messages. He's helped thousands and hundreds and thousands of people all over the world in over 81 countries lose over 600,000 pounds. What, what an incredible feat. I mean, that is absolutely amazing. Um, but not only that, he loves giving back to the community. Uh, he loves working with uh, other individuals and also lots of people in Haiti as well. He's also sponsored schools in Haiti. Uh, so I'm very, very excited. Like I said, he is a uh, TV personality, a speaker, a muscle model world champion, and also a co-founder of Hitch, Fit, and Rock Body. So please welcome Mr. Micah Lassert. Holy smokes, what an intro. That was amazing, man. Thank you. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you very much for being here. I mean, need uh, big energy for somebody as big as you, man. <laughs> oh, man, you know, the opportunity to wake up every single day and do what I love, which is giving back to others. But living this lifestyle, too, I, I just try to spread it to everyone I get the opportunity to talk to. Awesome. Well, first off, I got to ask this question. Were you always this big? <laughs> no. Yeah, I mean, that, that's the question. So I am uh, I'm celebrating 26 years now since I made the commitment to transform my body and life. At the age of 18, I was 138 pounds uh, from the can. I, I'm from Kansas, small, small state, small town. And uh, I ultimately, you know, was going through a lot of insecurities due to some bullying that I went through as a kid from from an adult, actually. And I, I, I took fitness and took control of my life again by making positive choices through fitness, through wellness, through uh, positive, uh, healthy eating. And then I essentially got my body to a really great place. And then I was like, you know what? I want to give this back to other people, too. Wow. 138 pounds to what are you now? <laughs> I'm almost 100 pound mark now. So I'm 100, uh, 232 pounds today. Uh, so back then you weighed as much as your two arms and one leg. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a lot of reps and a lot of chicken breast. <laughs> uh, well, okay. When it comes to bodybuilding, like it's, it's one of those things that people struggle with uh, doing because they go, man, it's so boring. It, it's hard. It's, Ah, and you know what? I'm just going to have that cupcake. So for for you, what was that driving force? Because that mentality, in order to wake up every single day, go to the gym, work out hours and hours and hours, is very similar to a mindset of an entrepreneur who wakes up and goes, you know what? I'm going to make that call. You know what? I'm going to go talk to that person. How? What was that fire, that motivation for you? Well, putting myself back into my 18-year-old self, I'll tell you this, like, 
I, I had a lot of darkness at that point. I was dealing, I was struggling kind of mentally and I needed something that was positive. I know reaching out and, and going alcohol or drugs or something was going to be a really bad option and make things a lot worse. And so I found the gym. And so when I got to college, I started working out, I started eating right. And I was like, oh my gosh, like this is the fountain of youth. This is like the high that I want every single day. And I talk about that all the time. People that uh, go and run a lot, they understand what runner's high is. People who work out, they understand what that high is. So having the opportunity every day to wake up and feel that way is just absolutely the reason that I continue to do it. Obviously, the aesthetic was there. I wanted to look a specific way. But most importantly, just how clear my mind was, how much energy I had, how much ability I had to give myself to others. Those were kind of the the focal points and foundationally why I continue to press it day in and day out. Do you, do you still know some of the bullies back in the day? Have you gone back and go, Hey, look at me now. So, so I didn't have any bullies that were like kids. I, I was, I was a fairly popular kid. I, I had a lot of friends. It wasn't anything like that. My mom had married a man that essentially, you know, had probably gone through a lot of trauma himself and then carried that over to, to me, unfortunately for a period of time. And, you know, and, and you don't realize that as a kid, you're, you're still developing, trying to figure everything out. And, you know, ultimately, you know, that that's, that's a big presser on your, on your mental state and where you're at. And you just start feeling kind of little about yourself. And, and so being able to take control back with, with, with my faith, but also most you know, the, the fitness and the choices that I was making within that, it just, those things combined just, just got me to an amazing place and, and really, you know, how I met my wife, uh, all the success that I've had, the opportunities, um, it, it all came from those choices back when I started at 18. Mm-hmm. Wow. Now, at that stage, were you always kind of thinking about, you know what, I want to take fitness as a career or bodybuilding <laughs> and go and compete? Or was there a point where you went, you know what, this is more than just a hobby now. And plus, there's other people telling me, you know what, I can make this happen. Yeah. So you got to put it in, uh, you know, just perspective of that period of time. So I'm in a small town in Kansas going to college Mm -hmm. there. I didn't know any fitness models. All that I saw was like guys on covers of magazines and whatnot. And so I had actually went and got my business marketing degree, but I always, I always joke about it. I actually got my PhD in helping transform people's bodies. Um, you know, and, and bodybuilding, because I spent so much more time just learning and fascinating about, you know, the psychology of nutrition and workouts and, and, and how that applied to our daily lives. And then, you know, I took that, I graduated college, got a real job. And I was like, I can't do this. I got to wake up and I got to do what I love. And that was giving back and helping others. And I went and took like a $12 an hour personal training job at a YMCA. That's where it started. My family's like, you just spent all this money on college. You got this degree. What are you doing? And I said, I got to wake up and do what I love and put that number one and money will follow. And, you know, the money has always been very secondary to us. We've been successful. We've been able to financially do very well. But we've always put people first and giving back first. And, you know, it's just really opened a lot of doors for us. So you already had a business background. Uh, You kind of gave that all up and went directly into fitness. Um, And then you went into competitions. But then after that, you took all that knowledge in fitness and applied your business uh, acronym back in. And you made like some of the uh, you, you made an amazing company, one of the, the most uh, popular online courses, workout courses that, that's out there. 
how did that come about? Like, where did you go? You know what? I could actually take my my passion helping people and make that into my 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 business. So I I always loved marketing. Like I loved fitness and and all of that even more so. But I loved creating something and seeing how people reacted to it. And so, you know, I got into social media marketing, you know, in the early days, I'm talking early days of MySpace. And I was really utilizing a MySpace algorithm that really didn't have an algorithm. It was just like, you could constantly post and people were kind of forced to see it um, back in that day. And I was doing this thing transformation that I originally had saw Bill Phillips from EAS do with Body for Life. Mm -hmm. And I was really inspired by that. And so I started doing some of that in person, you know, with within my clients in person. And then I, I built this online business. So I was one of the first people ever to do online personal training in 2006. And it came about because this girl from Canada had reached out and said, man, I love what you do with your clients, you know, in person. Uh, I wish I could work with you. And I was like, and that was the light bulb. That is literally how I started online personal training. I didn't see anyone else doing it. I was like, I'm just going to make you a little plan. She ended up losing like 30 pounds in 12 weeks. And I was like, oh my gosh, I have something here. And so I started developing the business of HitchFit. I opened up HitchFit with my, my wife in 2009, um, the online side, actually before our brick and mortar gyms. And man, fast forward today, 81 countries, over 600,000 pounds and We've, we've had the opportunity to work with thousands and thousands of people um, and, and help them get right. Wow. At any point of that whole journey, were you, have you ever thought of, you know what, I shouldn't be here. Like, for instance, the first time you walked into that gym and everybody's jacked and you're that scrawny 138-pound uh, kid and goes, yeah, I'm going to do some weightlifting here. Like, have you thought that, you know what, I shouldn't be here? Or maybe when you went and competed, against all the other bodybuilders like, oh, maybe I shouldn't be here. Like, has that ever come across your mind? And if so, what did you do? Yeah. So when you first start, there's always a level of intimidation because it's new to you. You know, you're not in the best of shape. There's a lot of people in better shape and whatnot, but I'll tell you a really amazing thing. And we were on uh, the, the, the documentary um, Access Muscle called Gym Culture on Amazon Prime. It's a great, great movie. Um, more than a plug, it's something that literally just like, if you know what gym culture is when you're in the right gym, you know that the guys that have been there before, the women that have been there before and have been grinding for multiple years will go and lift up a guy much just like myself and be like, man, you got this, giving us a little bit of tips, a little bit of motivation and say, hey, this is going to take some time, but keep keep going at it. Keep rump, you know, repping out those weights, keep eating right, stay disciplined, and you're going to get the body you choose, but you're going to get far more. So when I walked into that day, that gym day one, I, I, I honestly had no idea what I was getting myself into. I just knew that I needed to stay consistent and disciplined with it. And within weeks, I was feeling better. It took a long time to aesthetically build muscle and do all of that. But man, I just felt so fantastic. So to go back on your question, yeah, I mean, I, I did at that point. Now, when I stepped on stage, that was a different deal. I had already built a, a, a world champion level body. I just had to get myself into the condition that was going to potentially be able to win on stage and then bring the energy that it took to win it. And uh, and that is a psychological, physical, like it is extremely demanding if you understand ever being on stage and what you got to go through. I mean, you you kind of are away from the world for sometimes months, 
nine months, 10 months at a time, just training and staying disciplined in your entire schedule day in and day out for that one moment that you're on stage for one minute or two minutes and you get the judges to look at you and go, man, this guy is complete head to toe, front to back and end up winning a world championship. And then that night I retired from the sport. <laughs> going off, going off on the high. Um, yeah. Is there anything you could tell us about that uh, bodybuilding competition world that most people would have no idea about? Like most of us would go, you know what? They walk up on stage, they do a pose, they walk down. Oh, that's it. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I think a lot of the times it kind of gets stereotyped um, from people from the outside that have heard that it's like, you know, some sort of like super over the top sexy type of, you know, uh, type of show. It's extremely professional. Like we, as competitors, we're backstage thinking about when we're going to be able to eat our favorite food <laughs> to when do we get a little bit more water and pumping up. There's beautiful bodies around us, but our minds are not on anything that is unprofessional at that particular point. And I think a lot of people can just like see it from the outside that haven't gone to a show or understand the sport. It's extremely disciplined. There is a lot of work to be done there. Um, if done improperly, it can be very unhealthy as well. Um, you know, when you come off stage because you're you're dieting so hard, you're working so hard, and then a lot of people go from that to not going into what we call kind of like a reverse diet. And what they do is they they consume all of their favorite foods for weeks and weeks and weeks. And the body, man, it doesn't do well. They get they get really sick. So you got to be careful with that. So make sure you just get a good coach and know what you're doing. Now, when it comes to coaching, you just mentioned that, um, like how important is a coach in your business life and also in your fitness life? Yeah, I mean, they they run parallel, you know, um, I, I, I think I think the same disciplines for the most part run with being an entrepreneur or a business owner and how we take care of our body when when your mind is connected to both. Um, and, and I would carry that over into our faith, too. Like it all runs parallel with one another. So I get the great opportunity of working with a lot of really successful entrepreneurs who've made millions and millions and millions of dollars, but can't seem to figure out that they need to eat a little bit more chicken and a little less Doritos. Like, <laughs> and so I go in and, and, and I'm shifting not only what they're eating, but what I'm doing is I'm going in and brainwashing them into believing in themselves. That's what I'm kind of best at is going in and going, hey, dude, like, I understand you want to drink a lot of alcohol. I understand you want to eat a lot of these bad foods, but that's why you're feeling that way. Just trust me on this. Start eating a little bit better physical activity, and I'll make your profits go up. Your mind is clear. Your productivity is better. You're a better father. Like everything runs together. And so, you know, um, as far as business coaching and, and, and fitness coaching, I mean, they run very, very close to one another. Now, when it comes to diet, I uh, mentioned how important that is. There's so many different types out there. There's carnivore diet, there's keto, there's vegetarian, there's all that kind of stuff. Is there a perfect one or is it whichever one is best for that body or that type of person? So I'm going to make a whole bunch of people mad right now, but <laughs> I, am, I am brutally honest when it comes to this. If the diet has a name, you shouldn't do it, <laughs> right? Because you got to understand the backing of that diet is to make money on a whole bunch of people that don't understand what in the world they're doing. And so they're living off hope of, hey, this will work. 
you know, and I'm not going to go and slam a whole bunch of the diets right now. But what I will tell you is balanced nutrition is the absolute best way to go. And what I mean by that, good lean proteins, good complex carbs, healthy fats, cut the negative from your life. If you're drinking a lot of alcohol, cut the alcohols, cut the high sugars, stuff like that, and get to, you know, any anywhere between four and seven smaller meals per day, you know, typically staggered between two and three and a half hours between between meals and and depending on activity level and whatnot and, and someone's goals. And then, you know, uh, j just look at it, not only from a standpoint of, hey, transformation, hey, I want to lose 30 pounds by the time I go on that cruise. Well, what I know is by when you get on that cruise, if you did it the wrong way and you get on that cruise and then you eat cruise food, you're going to gain 30 pounds back in one week. So, you know, it, it's, it's, it's just extremely important to learn a lifestyle, not follow a diet. Mm. You know, if, it be, if that lifestyle becomes a part of your identity, fitness and health is my identity. It's a part of my DNA. Then you show up even on the days you don't feel like it. Mm. And so nutrition, I'm glad you touched on this. It is probably 90% of the game, but 99% of people's biggest issue. Yeah. Because like sometimes lots of people go, you know what? It sounds boring. Uh, I think you mentioned chicken so many times. Like how many how many how many meals of chicken can I eat in one day and over the week, right? So uh, like I've seen lots of people's uh, food prep. It's like okay, salmon, 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 chicken, chicken, chicken. Like it gets boring. Uh, is that true? Like how how exciting is is food when it comes to maintaining fitness? Well, I think the first thing is with. And you got to get your mindset connected with food properly, because I think most people's mindset when it's connected to food is healthy is boring. Eating whatever I want is awesome. The issue is, is when you eat whatever you want, you eventually get in bondage of eating that way. Mm -hmm. And you never live a full, clear, 100 percent life. Like I know the difference between being healthy and being unhealthy and what that does to just the mental state of things. And so having that little bit of discipline with food. And I'm not saying you need to be bodybuilder perfect with food. I'm just saying that like 80% of the time, your food needs to be healthy options. 80, 85% of the time, if you and your wife or you and your husband want to go out to eat and have a dinner and have a glass of wine, like no big problem at all. But if you're doing that three times a day and then you're eating, you know, some cereal in the morning and you're having donuts and then you're eating ice cream before bed, like you are going to feel awful. And you're going to get sick, you know, much, much more, you know, on a, on a regular basis. And so I just, you know, I, I look at it as like, it's not boring to me because I, I look at it as like, I love being my best self. That's what I'm obsessed with. So like, I get to the point where like food is really just fuel. And I know a lot of people that will listen to that will be like, oh, dude, that sounds extremely boring and whatnot. But like, when you feel awesome, you don't ever want to let that go. Right. Because you understand the level of productivity you have and how that affects everyone in your life. Mm -hmm. Every room you step into, every opportunity you have, you will be one of the shining lights in the room every time. Awesome. Uh, one more food question for you. I know we've been <laughs> on this topic for a while. You work with people from all over the world, 81 yeah. different countries. So therefore, different cultures, different food, different stuff. Um, has... When you work with an individual, individual, do you basically tell them, okay, here's the 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 structure. You can make your food based on this structure with whatever spices you want and all that kind of stuff. Or do you go, no, nope, you have to stick with this type of food. 
Yeah, I understand everybody's taste buds are a little bit different and they're a little bit different even in America. But when we're dealing with with different cultures, Hispanic or African-American or wherever we're at in the world working with them, we also understand that they like a specific type of flavoring. What we have to do is go in and cut out flavoring that is causing the issue, right? Or how they're making different stuff. If it's, if it's heavy tortilla or it's heavy, heavy cheese or heavy stuff that, that we know is not going to help them get to their goal, then what we try to do is create different ideas for them that are healthier options to that, that they still kind of get a little taste of that and a little feel of that, but also not disrespectful to their family. Because I know culturally sometimes, you know, that can get in the way as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm working with a lot of different uh, uh, backgrounds right now. And, and you'd be surprised, like, if the staples are in place and you have a, a wide variety of seasonings and flavoring, which a lot of people do, you can make it taste more like a courier. You can make it taste more, you know, Hispanic driven or, or whatnot. So I think you just have to, you have to be creative with the way that you spice, make sure you're using the, the right things. If you want it more spicy, use in a cayenne or like, there's a lot of ways of doing that than not just like a plain, grilled chicken breast straight out of the air fryer because <laughs> <laughs> that's that's usually the image i have in my head it's like oh well, that, that's chicken body breast. Hey. World. I mean, yeah that's bodybuilder world <laughs> um when it comes to maintaining body uh is there any recommendations or uh main routines that people can implement to their lives uh from a starting standpoint like like yeah. 20 minutes a day 30 minutes a day uh, like focus on certain things so I'll, I'll do this in two phases. You have what we call transformation phase. So let's say someone comes to me, they have 50 pounds to lose. During that transformation phase, it's a lot more work. You're going to be disciplined. The, the nutrition is tighter. Everything is, 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 is going to be more intense per se, your cardio, your workouts, whatnot. You've got you to gotta apply yourself and put yourself into it to, to get the results that you want in a motivating time frame. If you're like, oh, I'm going to lose 50 pounds in five years, that's not motivating. But if I can say, hey, if we can stay tight for the next 16 to 20 weeks and we can drop 50 pounds, that's extremely motivating. And then what we know about the body is once it gets fit and we can stay relatively close to where we ended, you build what we call a set point, a new body set point where the body starts recognizing and getting used to that body. And so we can bring back some things. We can't ever go back to our old lifestyle, but we can bring back some things where, you know, now a maintenance would be really 80% nutrition is a really good place to be for, for people who have gone through transformation. And if you're working out five or six days a week, you can cut it back to about three days a week. And so, I mean, as little as three to five hours a week of working out between cardio and, and weights is a really amazing place once you get yourself fit to be in a healthy maintenance style place. So three to five hours, a mixture of cardio and weight per week. And, and I would always say, I mean, just like the more you move and the more studies we look at when it comes to physical activity and what it does to the mental state, I encourage you to move as much as you can mm -hmm. because it's directly connected to eliminating stuff like depression, anxiety, all the stuff that a lot of us deal with that have a lot of stress. And so like, just move more. If that's parking your car further away from the grocery store, if that's staying away from aisles that, you know, have a whole bunch of bad food, like <laughs> don't leave the, yeah, don't leave the temptation doors open to things that, you know, you have temptations for people are like, 
well, dude, I just can't put down M&Ms. I'm like, well, at some point you had to have bought the m M&M. and <laughs> So you you essentially are allowing it to, that temptation door to stay in your home. And then every night that habit is created of you and your wife are watching a, a show and M&Ms are what you're snacking on, you know? And then before you know it, you ate 2,000 calories of M&Ms. You're going to bed with that. And then you have this vicious cycle where you're 25 pounds heavier at the end of the year. Uh-huh. So I got to ask you this, what, what's the, um, what's your guilty pleasure when it comes to food? Yes. I was hoping <laughs> you'd ask me this. Um, and people who follow me know this because um, they know I'm extremely healthy. We go through these really hard preps uh, when we do fitness shoots and whatnot. And then I show cheat meals um, that I do. Um, I absolutely love French fries. Like I eat them by the plate loads when I get to actually eat them. Um, I'm not a big sugary person, so I don't eat a lot of candy and stuff like that. Um, I love a, a really delicious steak or or whatnot. And, and a whole bunch of sweet potato fries or French fries is, is typically what I go to. And I mean, I think a lot of people's would be the same as me when it comes to this. But I mean, pizza is always a, you know, a really good, uh, highly calorically dense item that tastes good. So, so is it like uh, the rock where you have like five pizzas just for yourself? <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's one thing. I, I'm, I'm not a selfish person, uh, but when it comes to food, I'm like, this is what I ordered for myself. And so if you want anything, I'll get you. Yeah, I'm very, I'm very selfish when it comes to food. Wow. <laughs> Um, like we said before, you work with people all over the world, lots of lots of people, different backgrounds, different uh, education, different success and all that kind of stuff. So are you have to be able to adapt to different people's characteristics, personalities, right? Um, yeah. Are you a yeller? Are you a, oh, you can do it and soft spoken or, or do you switch on and off different types of personalities to work with different people? So what I've gotten really good at and probably one of my biggest strengths is is reading someone very early on, understanding their personality by asking specific questions, reading their body language. I love the psychology of the mind. And so I really get in depth with that. Once I identify what underlining motivation is and how someone operates, um, men are a little bit different than women, but there are some women that are a little bit more type A and ask, you know, and so what you're doing is you're trying to get an understanding of how they are their background a little bit, um, stuff they've gone through in their life, whether it be trauma, whether it be different types of stuff. And then with that, you can you can kind of compile a way of communicating with them that is a balance of praise and a little bit more, you know, a little bit more really brutal, harsh talk at time. Um, uh, to give you a really, really good example, one of my uh, one of my best transformations ever, he's a very close friend of mine now. Um, he came in day one, a month before he had almost died in Mexico due to an obesity-related issue. And um, I kind of had heard a little bit of the story. He comes in day one. He was with the trainer for a year and a half and gained three pounds to give you an idea of what was going on. So his trainer was still like, oh, you can eat fast food. You can do whatever. Um, I, day one, I, I was really brutally honest. I knew exactly how I was going to like use strategy and, and different words to get him to move and to see if he was actually serious. And I said, I said, Rob, I said, you seem like a really good guy, but to me, you're kind of the fat guy that's funny, but in five years, you're going to be dead and your wife didn't sign up for this. Mm -hmm. And he kind of took a step back and was like, whoa, he goes out to his truck and he told me later, he's like, man, what a jerk. Like, what is this dude? <laughs> you know? Well, the next day he showed up. 
fast forward about a year and a half, he dropped 115 pounds at 55 years old, became a trainer at our gym, and then ended up winning two fitness competitions, opened a cherry called In the Name of Grace, and adopted two children. Nobody in his family had had lived, males in his family had lived over the age of 60. This man is in amazing shape and health now. But I had to hit him hard because no one in his life was telling him the truth. Wow, that is amazing. Uh, not, yeah, that not many people is able to to do something like that. And take somebody like yourself who who's able to pull that out of people, being able to read the people, being able to adjust to different personalities. Uh, now, when it comes to working with people and uh, having your business together with your wife, um, how how's that dynamic? How how is working uh, with your wife? in and out with business and then also spending time at home kind of thing. How do you balance that lifestyle? Yeah, that that's a question we get a lot because um, for those business owners out there that are running businesses with their spouse, it is a very unique structure. Um, first off, me and my wife are very similar. Um, we're introverted by nature. A lot of people wouldn't think that, but we're very introverted by nature. We get a lot of energy when we're alone and in quiet, um, but we can lead when needed. Um, And so we can get on stages and speak in front of thousands of people or whatnot, but we prefer kind of a a quieter setting with one-on-one. And and so the most important tool that I'll tell anybody that is deciding to get into a business, number one, and then with your spouse, number two, is you have to communicate. We figured out early on, you know, kind of some baseline things about communication that we're always going to be on point within the business, but also our relationship. And then always just being, you know, very transparent about how we're feeling at all times too. You know, if, 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 uh, if I have a strength in this and she has a strength in that, we, you know, we know that each other is going to get those jobs done. And so that's kind of how we've divided it too. She's very strong at technical writing and book writing and specific and building uh, events and creativity. And I'm more of a, creative blog writer and social media and and doing a lot of podcasts and and stuff like that. And so it it really, really works well together in our situation. But we've gone through hard times, too. It's easy when it's easy. Um, When you go through hard times, you know, it's about trying to keep each other balanced. Our Our foundation and faith has been a really key component in that. But we also really, you know, are there to try to lift each other up at all times. Like if you're going to get married, marry the right person, someone that's going to lift you up and you lift them up too. Um, But when you got the business, there's just stressors that happen. So you got to figure out what you're good at, what they're good at. Those are your jobs and the things neither of you are good at, or you don't like doing, hire them out. (laughs) Do do you, uh, do the two of you work out together and and, Uh, challenge each other? Uh, so a lot of people think that we do, uh, we actually have different workout styles and whatnot. We, we both train kind of more like bodybuilders do, but, um, we like that alone time. We have our own music on that we listen to when we work out. So we're typically in the same gym a lot of the times, um, um, or we'll go to walks together. So we do a lot of like cardio stuff together. Uh, but as far as strength training wise, we kind of do our own flow. I've always worked out alone for the most part. And she has too, um, Every once in a while, I come across a guy that that like is in, you know, that elite level that I like training with. And and those are really awesome workouts. But me and my wife definitely have worked out together, but the styles are a little bit different. 
I see. Uh, something you mentioned during that uh, segment there is that the two of you are introverts. And I th- find that very interesting, interesting because a lot of people I talk to who are full of energy, they're up on stages, they perform and all that kind of stuff. And you would have never guessed that, in fact, there are introverts on their own. So for yourself, was going up on stages, performing, speaking, uh, doing all that stuff, was that tough for you to turn that button on? Or was there something that you worked on so that you go, you know what, I could turn it on whenever I want? Yeah, so um, the competition and all that side was, was not super difficult. I, I just had years of practice uh, becoming, you know, starting as a fitness model and then getting up on stage and whatnot. Um, you know, I think the the thing that's difficult for a competitor is the thought of potentially losing, you know, but the thought of winning was greater than the thought of losing for me. Mm-hmm. And so any sort of fear or rejection as it may be, because that's why a lot of people won't get on stage. They're like, oh, it's a discipline. It's not. Now they don't, they don't want to lose. And, and, you know, there's only one winner and it's subjective judging. And, you know, and so that, that can be difficult for some people, but the thought of winning and the impact that that could make, and also the journey along the way, like that was more important to me than, than potentially losing. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, but, you know, I'll just tell you, like, you know, we, we wanted to have the opportunity to just wake up every day and just just help as many people as we possibly could. It's always been kind of our fuel. And so as as everything kind of flows together, it just, you know, it 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 fuels us that even when we're in situations where, you know, like it's maybe a little bit uncomfortable, that we're given an opportunity to go maybe speak into some people that it would be amazing. My wife loves grabbing the mic and doing that, but I had issues early on getting it on stages and doing it. I was nervous. Um, I was a better writer than I was speaker initially. I've worked on it a tremendous amount, overcome any level of fear that I have because the purpose is much larger, larger than any potential anxiety or fear that is there. If I have the opportunity to help people that's bigger to me than, you know, than the, than, than not doing it at all. And then that that's disappointing to me that I don't, you know, I was so nervous that I couldn't go up and and, and help potentially people that needed help. Mm -hmm. So focusing on the end goal more so than what's what's bothering you. So in that instant, when you were on stage the first time and you were nervous, what was going in your head and how did you go? You know what? I'm going to go back up there next time. <laughs> yeah. So, so the initial issue that I had was, is I wasn't breathing properly. So I would start speaking and I would not take breaths. It was just like, <laughs> you know, and then all of a sudden I, I, rem- I was with my wife and we were doing an event one time and she goes, just breathe. And I thought, oh my goodness. Like I didn't realize I was doing it because I was so in my head about like messing up or whatnot. And so when I started just working on breathing properly and just speaking how I typically do, if I haven't taken like pre-workout, cause then I'm like, "Ah!" you know, um, (laughs) if if I'm just, if I'm just calm and just speaking properly, then the words flow out right, you know? And, and I think a lot of singers, a lot of actors, a lot of artists, you know, and, 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 and speakers that are doing big deals, like, they all kind of, a lot of them have that little anxious right at the very beginning, Mm -hmm. you know, and after you get those few, you know, few first words out, 
then it starts just flowing. If you know what you're speaking about, you're passionate about what you're speaking about, it's going to flow out because it's a part of you and a part of what you're trying to, you know, reach to others. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Uh, yeah, breathing is so, so important. Sometimes I sit there watching other speakers like, yeah, you need to take a breath there. <laughs> um, you're, a, you're a really quick speaker too, but you do a good <laughs> job. <laughs> uh, when, when you go and uh, work with people, um, not only do you work with their, their minds and not only do you work with their bodies and stuff like that, but you also work with a lot of communities, uh, giving back and uh, you sponsored a school at, in Haiti. Uh, tell us more about that venture and what else do you have right now uh, that's going on that people could maybe contribute to or help out with when it comes to giving back? Oh, yeah. So this this, I think, is foundationally the most important thing in our life as far as, you know, what we're willing to do um, and, and able to do. So we get the opportunity to help a lot of people, whatnot, with, with our jobs and whatnot. But as far as the Haiti situation, um, my wife went over there for mission work multiple times. Um, just to make a real short story of this, the first time she came back with, I believe, 10 children. Um, and this is early in our business. Um, and what I mean by 10 children is we sponsored 10 children. And then she came back the second year and it was like 25 children. <laughs> and then the last year she said, I'm being called. We're supposed to have the whole school, which was over 80 children. Oh. And so for 10 years, we've dedicated that every single month that at least 10% of our profits that come out of our gyms go directly to Haiti before we pay a bill. Wow. Um, and, and so that, that is, that is faith folks. And that that's, you know, and so I had the great opportunity multiple years ago before Haiti was, I mean, Haiti always is going through something, but it was safer when we had gone. Um, and I got to meet all of those children in person and it was life changing for me. People talk about, I want more happiness. What I'll explain to you about happiness is happiness is like a roller coaster. It's up and down, depending on what is going on in your life. You could be happy. As, as all could be right now and get a phone call that changes that happiness to sadness instantly. Whereas joy is foundational. You have joy in all. And I really do believe the number one thing that you can do to get more joy is to give back, whether that be your time, whether that be your finances. And for us, Haiti, you know, we had a special heart, a place in our heart with Haiti and children in general. We do a lot in the Kansas city community. We, we did big brothers, big sisters and, Boys and Girls Club, an organization called Operation Breakthrough, um, all kid oriented. Um, you know, uh, for me, I, w- I was I was a single single kid uh, by, raised by a single parent and um, only child with single parent family. And so I, I always wanted that male mentor early on and I knew how much that impacted me. And so for us to be able to give back in that way, a lot of those kids don't have a father uh, or, or just have one, one parent. And so for me, that was that, that's where the root of that was. And then, and then my wife just has a gigantic heart for giving. And so when we got to go hug those kids and they're climbing all over us and smiling and flexing, and it was just, um, and to see the level of poverty that was there, it had nothing except for faith and hope, but still so much joy and so much happiness. Um, it changed my life. Mm-hmm. And so we just try to give back in every way that we can. I mean, every day we're thinking more and more about, okay, you know, um, I did the podcast with Randy and he was telling me, you know, uh, go big to give big. And he was telling me all the giving stuff that they do and how they do it. And I said, man, we got to even give more. We got to give more. And because 
ultimately at the, the day we get to impact more people. And, and I really believe that, you know, our time on this earth, it, it, it sometimes can be short, sometimes can be long. We don't know, you know, when that is, but if we can go out and give as much as we can and help as many people as we can, then we made an impact. Awesome. Uh, how would people be able to be a part of that? So uh, that's Mission E4. Um, MissionE4.org is the website for that. If you want to sponsor children, um, yeah, we have we have that going on, and then uh, some other charity stuff that we do. Uh, we have Rock Body, which is a it's it's a it's a retreat business. We do fitness fitness and faith and fun retreats uh, all around the world, and then the people that come to those retreats. Uh, we usually choose one or two people out of the retreats and we give to a charity that they are either a part of or that um, they're working in or or have a heart for. Um, and so we we recently were able to give to uh, uh, our last retreat. We were able to give to two really amazing organizations, too. So we can we there, there's a lot of different ways that, you know, that that people can give. And, and sometimes it's not monetary. Sometimes it's just going and helping somebody. Right. Sometimes it's like going to the grocery store and saying hi to somebody, just a smile, like just give back. <laughs> or going to grocery store and go up to a person. You you put those M and M's down. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I will. And they, they'll be like, ah, dude, you know, I, I do it all the time. I'm like, man, you shouldn't eat what's in that cart. <laughs> <laughs> you, you honestly walk by the aisle and just kind of. No, no. <laughs> yeah, the the ladies that that check check me out at the uh, the grocery store checking out my food, they're always like, "Man, this is the healthiest like line of food I've ever seen," you know. And and I laugh, and then I get the person behind me and the person that was before me, and I'm sitting there, and I'm, I'm like, "This is an opportunity to speak into them." And some people ain't trying to hear it at all. They're like, "Man, I want my Dr Pepper and I want my donuts," but. It gives me an opportunity to kind of share if I if I if I get that chance. <laughs> Person behind you is like, oh yeah, that that's I I did not mean to put that on the belt, but anyway, um, I mean it's so bad too because like I I know food so well that I'm looking at the food and I'm thinking about calories in my head that is in that the glycemic index of the food they're going to eat and how much cardio they would have to do to just burn off one meal. Like that's how my mind works. <laughs> that's awesome. I'm trying um, to save me some time. <laughs> you need to run 10 miles to just burn that off. Um, I know. For, for yourself, uh, could you share one of the biggest uh, business lessons that you've ever experienced? Woo. Um, the most impacting business lesson that we have ever been a part of actually happened recently. It was actually a tragedy. Um, so we signed a partnership with the Rock Body, um, um, a, a couple, uh, Travis and Brittany, um, in uh, late last year. And um, early this year, late last year, we had done a retreat with them the prior, the, the year before, but um, we finally went into full partnership and just two months later, um, Travis tragically died on a snowmobile wow. um, at the age of 47. Um, and so one of the biggest business lessons that I learned is, you know, like you have no idea what is going to happen in life. It was he was one of our very best friends. He was a business partner. He was bigger than life. He was the guy that loved to grab the microphone and <laughs> talk to 40,000 people on stage. He, he just, he just loved it. He was just, he was such an amazing human being and, and you just don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. Right. And my lesson for people would be like, just 
don't worry about yesterday. Don't worry about what's going to happen tomorrow. Just be present in the now and, and make the absolute most of it. Know that you're going to have to go through some storms, some very vicious storms, especially if you're an entrepreneur, but we all go through life storms too. And just, you know, put your head down and go through the storm. You know that you're going to get some self-growth through that. Um, even in the worst of situations where, you know, someone like a best friend or a business partner passes away. Mm -hmm. uh, great words to live by. And uh, very sorry to hear that story. Um, but uh, it probably helps a lot of people to hear that story so that they can start thinking about what they can do with their lives. Um, I got five quick questions for you. Rapid fire. Give me the first thing that comes to mind. Okay. Um, normally, normally I, I'm, I, this question would then spark something, but because of who you are, I'm, I'm curious. Strand on the deserted island, one food to eat for the rest of your life, no consequence. Like, you're still healthy, you're still fit, you're still everything. What's that one thing? Oh, can I have two? Okay, if it's just one, um, man, probably, and this would help me survive long, too, because I got to think about that. Um, probably, like, delicious peanut butter or almond butter. Because wow. it's calorically dense. If I had endless amounts of that, I could still keep good energy. There's a little bit of protein in it, not complete protein, but you get a little bit of protein, some good healthy fats and a lot of calories. Oh, wow. I can live I can live off nut butter for a long time. Talk, <laughs> talk about dissecting a question down to its like elements. But, but you gotta understand, like <laughs> that's how my mind thinks all the time. It's always about like, hey, the controllables that I have in my life, like when you think like that, you know, and some people think that's not living, I think it's actually fully living, you know, <laughs> because you're thinking about every choice and, and, and how that's going to make you better today. That is awesome. Um, Hollywood calls and go, Hey, Micah, we loved your story. We want to, we want to do a biopic on you. You get to choose who's going to play you in the movie. Oh, for sure. Henry Cavill. I love that guy. And and the thing about it, he's a gamer. So I'm actually a gamer too. I love video games. That's what a lot of people don't know about me too. And he loves working out. I think it, and he loves the Kansas City Chiefs. So like, I think if I met that guy in person, I think we would actually be like really good friends. So that's who I would choose. Awesome. So Henry Cavill shows up at your door and goes, hey, I got casted. And, you're, Let's like, start, hey, dude. and you're like, hey, buddy, I'm going to show you a, a great night. Let's go out and have some fun. What does that night look like? Well, it's not going to look like what probably a lot of people are going to say. So <laughs> I, I, I wake up at three in the morning. So a, a, a late night is like 9 p.m. Um, and so uh, we would wake up early. We would we'd work out, get some breakfast together. We would go and, and do something active outside, some some hiking, some something fun, bike riding, whatnot. We probably play some video games because he enjoys that as well. Um, just talk about life. And, and, you know, his upbringing and, you know, all the success that he has, what motivates him. I love getting to know people. Um, and then, um, you know, probably another workout later in the day, a nice dinner. And I mean, that's, that's like a perfect day for me, really. Like, you know, <laughs> and I mean, Kansas City, we don't have a lot of hiking here. But if, you know, we went to Costa Rica or we were in, uh, you know, uh, you know, the Blue Ridge Mountains or the Rocky Mountains or whatnot, we, you know, we'd get outside and get active and have some fun. Awesome. What is one song that you don't mind listening to over and over again on the long car ride? Oh, one song. Oh, man. I, you know, I, I really love a lot of different genres and I grew up with a lot of different genres, like 
growing up to everything from hip hop to Christian to, you know, more soft rock. And I mean, like all over the map, um, one song over and over. Um, man, that is a really tough one because I love so many of them. Um, I love Diddy by Paperboy. That's real old school. That's like 1992. Um, I like, uh, you know, cheesy love songs, which a lot of people wouldn't know, like Richard Marks, uh, that sort of music, Phil Collins in the air tonight. I love that song. Um, and then, you know, some of the newer stuff, a lot of Christian singers, uh, Oceans from Hillsong. I love, I love that. Um, a little bit of worship music there too. And, you know, uh, I, I'm not a big profanity guy, but uh, Eminem can get you going, you know, so I try to find the clean versions of Eminem. So I'm kind of all over the map, man. man. <laughs> Sorry if it's not those, just Those one. clean versions has lots of blanks in them, man. <laughs> they do. There's a lot of blanks there. <laughs> uh, final question. Uh, first of all, give me a number from one to four. Seven. One to four. Oh, four. Sorry. I thought of my favorite number. One to four. Let's go two. One, two. So if you had to relate success to a recipe or what is the recipe for success? The recipe success is always making sure that you put the right ingredients in whatever it is that you're making. Okay. If you put the wrong ingredients in your foods, you are going to always have a negative outcome. We can, we can bring that into food, success, whatever it may be. If there's things within that plate or we'll say your business or within your body that you are allowing in that should not be or not a part of that recipe, then you understand that there's going to be consequences and negativity to that. Awesome. So that's the recipe for success. Uh, once again, thank you for, for being here, your time. Um, is there any last words that you want to share and what's the best way for people to get, get in touch with you? Yeah. Folks, those that have, have watched this, I, I very, very much appreciate your time. Um, this has been an amazing interview. You're great, man. Um, I, I would just say that, you know, take day by day, choice by choice. If you want to be better, you want to be healthier, I encourage you to make health the top priority in your life. Um, I know we all go through a lot of hard stuff in our life, but I just encourage you to make today the best day you can by making the choices that you can to get you there and, and just strive to, to put the right people around you, the right environments and the right things and become your best version. You can follow us um, on, uh, on Instagram. Um, my tag is Mr. Hitchfit and then hitchfit.com is our website for uh, the personal training, online personal training, and then rock body retreat is our retreat business. So. Awesome. So everybody make sure you connect with Micah. As you can see, he knows his stuff. And if you want to get in shape, somebody you should definitely connect with. Man, that calf workout that you showed on, on that on that video, I mean, that's that's crazy. So make sure people go go connect with him on YouTube, his channel, all that great stuff. Uh, amazing person to get to know. And thank you very much for your time. I had a lot of fun. And thank I you, learned bro. a lot too. So thank you very much. I appreciate it, man. Thank you. For everybody, here's Micah. My name is Fallen Chuan. Until next time, today is the day to lock your peak potential. We'll see you later. <laughs>